Welcome to the WebPro Podcast, the show for wedding professionals and business owners. Each month, we bring you top industry experts, business chat and hints and tips to grow your business. I'm Katie. And I'm Roxy. Welcome to the WebPro Podcast. Today we're talking with the lovely Terry Lewis, who um, some of you will have um, seen and heard his wonderful talk at WebCon last year, and yes. that's kind of where we came uh, came across you, really, Terry, didn't we? And Terry is from Wedding Marketing Mastery, and you are a wedding business mentor and um, also a wedding professional as well, which I really love that about you, yes. Terry, because you, you get a lot of experts, don't you, that claim to be experts but that yet don't really know their field and what's great about um you is that you you still actually work in weddings don't you so i do these are practices that you are using every single day in in your business and you know you've spotted things uh as wedding businesses that we kind of struggle with tested the practice out in your own business kind of felt those struggles yourself and this is kind of now what you do Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, I'm the type of person that would never, ever uh, teach someone something that I've not, number one, used my own wedding business as like a Petri dish. And yeah. I've got solid results out of it and then used it within my own network of wedding professionals that I mentor, teach and train. And when I've got these consistent results across the board, it's only at that point that I then release these um, methods as, as, as proven strategies that will mm-hmm. work if, you know, and I, I want to be clear from the outset that what I teach, it is not a magic wand. You know, hard work is absolutely essential. This is something, isn't it, that a lot of people kind of think a little bit, isn't there? Is there, is there a kind of magic formula like you magic say magic fix or magic button that'd be so good right and you know the, the wave the wand then wow i've got all these bookings and i'm gonna yeah I, i'm not sure whether this comes from kind of like an instagram culture or some of the things that we see about people kind of sitting on a beach and you know you've worked all across the world with kind of teaching this kind of method haven't you but that that comes with a lot of graft and a lot oh, of perfecting perfecting your skill and you know not to say that people aren't going to get there in their business but it's like everything that we say on social media now not necessarily is it difficult but you do have to kind of apply and and show up and and be consistent you do and do like you say put the work in you do have to put the work in but the the you know that's the downside you know you have to work for it but the the upside is that um, if you if you do follow these steps and it is a step-by-step process when i what i train is it, it Look at it like remember when you were kids and you had these like ABC building blocks and yeah, that's exactly how it works. And a lot of people kind of want to go straight to, you know, I don't want to get booked at this. But yeah, but you've got to have, it's like building a house. You have to have the foundations in place beforehand, before you can build the roof. And a lot and of people want to go straight yeah. to the roof. You've definitely got that there. Like, especially, you know, I don't know if you were the same in your wedding business, Terry, before you kind of took a step back and, and looked at it with with that kind of helicopter vision or that kind of aerial yes. vision where you can just look at it but 
all the time people would say, oh, okay, you need a system for this or a system for that or a result. And I just think, oh, like, it's just boring. <laughs> like, I'm just in, I'm, you, you kind of stay focused working in your business that it kind of the time to work on your business mm-hmm. or spot those mistakes or to kind of systemize processes or even um, look at the process. And it, and it doesn't need to be a scary word, does it? You know, no. sometimes just looking at it and, and thinking, is there any easier way that I could do this? Or is there a more effective way I could do this? Or, um, how much kind of opposition do you come across when you start to talk to people about systems, Terry? Do people seem to get very excited by the word system? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, you know, systems are not a very sexy word. No. You know, it's not a word in the industry at all. And I think that there is some opposition to that idea because they don't know a system that actually works. Yeah. And so, you know, they end up with... All of these different, which is what I used to do inside my wedding business, I didn't have a system. What I had was all of these isolated cogs that all did different things. And one cog would turn and I would get kind of like really, really rubbish results or okay results. Then another cog would turn and that, you know, that would kind of deliver maybe some, you know, success or, or not. And it was not until I, I took this, you know, aerial view, this bird's eye view, and I thought, wouldn't it be much more effective? And wouldn't I get much better returns if I could get that cog integrated with the other cog? So when that one turned, the other this cog turned all Starts a chain reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is how you start to build systems within your wedding business. For me, it kind of happened organically where, you know, I kind of took that idea and thought, well, what if I just tweak that one so that it worked? And so instead of having individual cogs, I now have an engine. It's like, you know, you ignite your car and everything just works so that the car moves forward. And I think that is, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Terry, with what kind of what you said. Like a lot of us as wedding business owners, we've started a business because we love what we do. We love that creative end product or, you know, we like to make cakes or, you know, for me, I loved helping brides, you know, find that dress and that kind of moment. And we don't necessarily get into business because we love business, do we? Or we love to market. And, you know, the thing... Probably never think, oh, okay, before we start, we need to get systems in place. That's that's not how it goes, is it? And, you know, the kind of things that you're going to be chatting to today, and this is kind of your area of expertise, like... um, marketing and how to kind of market and get your business out there uh, we're going to be talking about how you can attract those brides and grooms that don't book purely on price and this is something it's quite of a sticking point isn't it, it in is. our industry yes. um you know people constantly probably get told one of one of those hurdles is that price question so how much is it going to cost you know the worth of what you yeah. do Correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And um, I, I want to touch on all of those today and just give your listeners and read superb value um, out, of, out of their time. Because I respect that people are like giving up time that they could be doing something else in order to listen. So yeah, if you're out there listening, you know, everything that I share is what's worked for me. And I really want it to work for you too. So um let me just back up a little bit because, you know, we touched on price and getting paid what you're worth. Um, and so let me just uh, explain to your readers where I come from and where I am today. Um, so where do I come from? I, I, I began as a wedding professional in 
2008. Um, long story short, I used to be a salsa promoter, which I did for a long time. We found time. this out about you last week and we were like, <laughs> why have we never seen this? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. So next time I do a talk for you, we're going to have a group salsa lesson That's before. That's fine, like we are up for that. Yeah. Like, let's get people on for lunch, you know, we'll do that. But, but I, did, I did salsa. And one of my uh, students said to me, Terry, I want you to DJ and master so much ceremonies at my wedding. Never done it before, but way back in the day, um, I was being paid, um, I struggled to get paid mm -hmm. at 185 pounds for, you know, like 50% of the wedding. And I wow. thought to myself, yeah, I know. And, and, and the reviews I was getting back were just amazing for my brides and grooms because, yeah. you know, I, I delivered from the heart, you know, it's one of the most, uh, um, um, uh, one of the best days of their life. Yeah. And for me, you know, it is my duty, not only an honor, but it is my, it's my responsibility to give the best of myself so that they float out just feeling like nothing on earth could have gone better. And yes, okay, so I was only getting paid 185 pounds, but I still wanted to give them everything. Well, I was getting all these amazing reviews and feedback, and I, I, and I knew that if I approached the same couple after their wedding, they would pay like five, six, seven times mm -hmm. the yeah. amount. And I kind of thought to myself, you know, how do I articulate my value and convey my worth in a way that I can get my couples to see the extra value that might, they want? Do me asking you, Terry, because I know that there will be people listening that will be wondering this question is is where did you come up with that price like you know when people are thinking oh you know um obviously as well it's our business so we wear like our business like our heart on our sleeve don't we very emotionally attached. really really good question so what i did was i just looked at what others were doing and there were yeah. djs cheaper than me then you know yeah. and, and to be honest that, that price of 185 came from a venue and they put that label on me. Terry, you're worth 185 pounds. This is what we take it or leave it. And back then, I didn't have any clients. I didn't yeah, know how to market. Yeah. I, you know, I was very naive in the industry. So, you know, I took it. I ended up sacking the venue, but that's another, completely another. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I get paid up to 2,000 pounds for my work. So, you know, it's like eight, nine, ten times when I was being paid. Okay, like, let, me, let me ask you the question. Is it the same as what you were doing at one eight five, it's, it's it's not the same because I've learned. You know, I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah. So I'm always gathering new ways of improving. Only you know, that half, you know, point one percent. That's what I'm looking for. They, yeah. Okay. So you know, my 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 performance curve is nowhere near as steep as it was back in two thousand and eight mm -hmm. because I've gathered skills. Um, but I I value my time. Yeah now and i refuse that's not true you know off peak like jan to march you know i would take work at a lower price but during the wedding season like april to december there's no way it's not it's just not happening because but you know and it's and it's good for you to kind of say this isn't it because i think people especially like when we go on to kind of the methods that you're going to talk about people will mm. kind of put this pressure on themselves to kind of perhaps say no to those but we've all got bills to pay like we all have bills to pay and um like you say you know not all of the time are you going to be able to necessarily market yourself at the price that you are you are worth um Correct. 
and and that is an important kind of thing but I, I suppose quite a lot of what you're going to talk to you about today is how you get those kind of high, higher value I will. Um, I will. clients to... most of the time yeah absolutely and, and so why do i have that mentality about discounting during the first quarter one i know that brides and grooms who go for a winter wedding more often than not some of them love winter. They love snow and they love... Who are these people? Where are they? A lot of them do it because they know it's off-peak. Yeah, yeah. And I, I often, I don't, no longer do I just look to what my peers are doing. I look to what businesses are doing. Wildcard. So I look to Apple, I look to Virgin. You know, and Apple... Come school holidays, you know they are going to be discounting certain products because they know that mums and dads need to buy their iPads and phones for kids as they go into term. Uh -huh. Look at one another one of my favourite companies, Virgin Active. You know that during school holidays, they hike their prices. It's peak. Yeah. But off peak, they discount. And so, you know, some of my um, friends, in, you know, and, and we have these uh, debates, you know, and one of them are on this side and I'm on the other. And we have these amazing, not arguments, but discussions that are yeah. constructive where we put our views a point, uh, 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 across. And for me, it's like, well, if Apple, if Virgin, uh, uh, have different price points at various parts of the year, then who am I to argue against that? It works for them. And that's where I, I, I go for guidance, not so much always within the wedding industry. And that's, I think that's a good mentality to have. I mean, a lot of the time we talk about, um, you know, that we aren't corporate entities and we are, you know, that offering that personal service. But I suppose when you're looking at business and, you know, yes. like we said at the beginning of the podcast, not a lot of people kind of come into the wedding industry because they want to be business people. Mm. It's because they love the product that they make or the service that they provide. Um, I think I'm a little bit rare there because I... I actually really love yeah, it. You know, I came into the wedding industry with kind of business. And if it wasn't the wedding industry, it would be been, been something different because I just absolutely love, even love business. But in terms of like looking at uh, what it is that you do, you effectively you are a business. You need to make money and you need to make profit in order to live. So it is, it, like you said, it is good in some aspects of your business to look perhaps Absolutely. like you are a business and look as yeah. if you know you are a marketing department inside of your business and you are you know an accounts department inside of your business and, and kind of thinking exactly. and I think looking at these kind of bigger multi-million pound companies how much money are they going to be spending on researching when prices are supposed to be high when prices are supposed to be low really really good little tip there to kind of point people in the right it direction is. it is um, and 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 so my avatar my ideal bride groom changes at various points, in, well, twice a year. So I have two avatars. Avatar number one, of course, is peak season bride who just wants the dream. They want to buy sunshine and they want every, every single happy emotion to go alongside it. Avatar number two gets married off peak because she's looking for, she can't afford it. Yeah. And I know that it's, you know, if I were to get work off peak Jan to March, yeah. that my primary avatar is not even looking to get married yeah yeah i've learned to segment yeah my marketing to off peak and peak it works for my business and that's great as well because it, it, you're not confusing anybody there no, are no 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 not at all not at all so um let's 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 jump into yeah. uh, 
a business mindset. So where did mine come from? Well, prior to salsa and, and weddings, I, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Um, I used to work in the city of London, so I finished my education and I thought to myself, you know what? I actually wanted to become a stockbroker. I can't wow, get in. No, 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 no. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? A stockbroker, stockbroker. <laughs> Honestly, it's not as glamorous as that. But, but I finished my education and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in the city of London. And I got in on the other side of the fence. So you've got the brokers, you do that, the buying, the selling, all of that, you know, fancy business. And then you've got the corporates, the financial institutions who actually place the big orders yes. with the stockbrokers. And that's a side that I worked on. It was corporate finance for um, um, a blue chip uh, uh, company. And this company employed over 230 members of staff across more than 30 different departments. And um, I quickly discovered that, that they saw three departments as much more valuable than all of the others. Now, those 30 plus departments that made up the company, every single part was crucial in running the engine of the yeah. company. Three departments were responsible for bringing in income. And when I left the city, I, I, I never forgot that. And I applied that. I made those three departments the most important ones within my wedding business. And I think that's what led me to the success that I, along with a lot of education, but yeah. that mentality drove my wedding business forward. And it's what I teach. It's, let, you know, it's the 101 of, of being a successful wedding business. You are an entrepreneur. You know, you're not just a wedding professional. And if you want to be good at it, get these three departments and make them number one. So what are they? Number one is um, um, innovation or... Uh, having an offer. Now let's face it, you know, I'm a master of ceremonies wedding DJ. I did not invent it. Yeah. So I took the existing innovation and I adapted, adapted it. Exactly. Put in the Terry Lewis twist on. And you know, listeners out there, that's what you need to do. You can be a photographer, videographer, you can be a celebrant, you can be a florist, you know, whatever venue. You have to put your own, you know, identity, your own fingerprints have to be on top of that, right, number one. So, yeah, that's simple, right? You know, that's business, com you know, it's just common sense. You have to have an offer. You would, you would so think, we come across this a lot, don't we? Yeah. Like, and we, we, we spoke about authenticity this morning on something else that we did, uh, and like having that authentic flair. And I don't know how many businesses that you see fall into the trap of this, Terry, that, you know, that actually try to come across Bigger than, bigger than what they actually what are. they are and maybe have that yeah. impersonal kind of um service when they're kind of putting it across and like you say it's how you come across as unique in the industry isn't it? On it like correct absolutely yeah and you know you have to be true to yourself because you know if you are fake and you are like putting across you bigger than you really are you know, your couples they're going to see through that anyway and they're going to move on to somebody else so and I, I suppose it's not um What's the word I'm looking for? You can't kind of 
keep that up, can you? Like, you know, yeah, once you've kind of, somebody's gelled with you, and and on weddings, that's what it it is going to come down to you, like people knowing you, liking you, trusting you in terms of part with their cash with you. Um, That, you know, something's going to disjoint down further down the line, aren't they? If if you are not like putting that stamp of about yourself Mm. inside of your business and and giving them that part of you because that's you know that's what they're buying into isn't it absolutely absolutely so so your first department is having your offer so let us say you you know you are a a a photographer that's your offer but you have to continuously reinvent yourself because if you're pushing out the same now, let's say you never moved on from a very fast camera and you're still in the dark room and you know you're gonna you're gonna be behind because yeah. it's taking forever to edit if you're going into the dark room and you're dipping your 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 paper into the fluids whatever they are sorry for the hanging it up on your little on your little washing line the dark room and all the developing and the but you know you know you have to reinvent yourself yeah. and find ways to keep up with the times. And it's also about being relevant, isn't it? Like it is. Relevant and showing people, you know, I suppose um people might kind of put um if you if you're not relevant so with those kind of low end prices, that kind of attitude that probably they go together that if potentially that if you're you know not using the most up-to-date equipment or you're not using the most relevant you know you posts behind the or, or, or you don't know what the trends are in your particular niche in the industry hmm. would I be pay would I want to pay or work with that person hmm. potentially I That's potentially right. wouldn't That's right yeah absolutely and and you know another another thing is uh, let us go back to the um, um, photography example mm-hmm. um, some people might fear that or, or, or even experience that um, they've got weekend warriors and coffee shop wannabes uh, just stealing their work. Um, why does that happen? Well, uh, you, you know, digital has just opened this Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Digital has just lowered the barriers to entry. Whereas before you might have needed a shop front or, yeah. you know, you might have needed the dark room. You can go out, you can buy a fancy camera and everything is within that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So digital, it really has um, um, almost broken down the barriers to entry. From, even within my own industry, when I started out, man, you needed like a 1010 dex. You needed a whole wardrobe, you know, turned upside down with your, you know, with your albums in it. And then you needed a crew to lift crew to all, ship all your stuff. thousands of CDs and the CDs like vinyls into a truck. Now you turn up with a couple of, you know, I'm an Apple free, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Digital has lowered the barriers to entry. So you have to find a new offer. You've got to invent something better that is going to give you that marketing edge. Mm-hmm. So get your offer in place and keep on reinventing yourself. So what's the you know second most important thing? You know, it's one that's so close to my heart. I'm in love with this department. Of course, it's marketing. <laughs> because you can have the best offer on the planet. You can be the best florist. Uh-huh. If nobody knows you exist, you 
are not going to get any business. So I say to my students, yeah, you know, you know, my goal is to try and aim to be in the top, you know, 10, maybe 5% of performers in my industry nationwide. That's where I want to be. So I set my bar really high. Yeah. I do not have to be the best mm-hmm. at what I do, but I do have to be the best marketeer. Yeah. Because if, I, if, if my companies, if my avatar do not know of my products and services, they're going to go to my competitors. Yeah. And then so marketing, marketing, marketing is key. So readers, that's got to be, you know, if you had a company, you would want to be giving your, your marketing department um, the second highest bonus. The highest bonus got, goes to the third department, yeah. which I'm going to share with you in a bit. But let's, let's, let's quickly take a look at marketing. Now, um, today, marketing has never been cheaper mm-hmm. nor easier. It has never been uh, um, uh, simpler for us to get our messages out there. Why? Yeah. Digital, digital has broken down the barriers. You know, before, you would need a whole marketing agency to get our messages out there. Facebook, we've got our own PR and marketing agencies. We can yeah, reach so in in pocket. No, yeah. We do. We can reach tens of thousands of people in a click. You've got to have a clever, clever copy. Uh-huh. But in a click, you can have your message in front of tens. You know, here we are. We've got our own radio station. Impossible 10 years ago. Yeah. But through digital, we have a radio station that potentially we can reach. And this is about getting that first kind of point right, isn't it? And, and possibly, tell me why you're so good at what you, what you do. Um, like, if you don't get number one right, you're just going to get lost in number two. Because, you don't have a business, you've got a problem. Yeah, like number two, like you say, yes, it's it's very easy, but there is a lot of noise now, isn't there? There is a lot of other DJs, you know, photographers out there. So it's about getting that number one right. So that when you come to number two, you you start to stand out and you start to become correct. Correct. Number one has to be. It's got to be in the top ten percent or five percent of others of of your peers. Uh, You know, I talk to a lot of people and um, they're shy about shining the light on their brilliance. My gosh, people, if if that is you, please please stop doing that. It's not being big-headed, it's not being boastful. What it is business, because if you don't promote your wedding business, who is? Yeah. It is your job to, it has to be truthful. And as long as what you're saying is true, then you have to promote it. All right. So, you know, it, it's like, you know, a, a lot of businesses that come to me first of all, I look at their marketing and I think, and I ask them questions and they've done some of the most amazing things. And I'm looking on their website, you know, above the fold. And it's I like, never know. how do I know? And then they equalize themselves versus everyone else. This is why it comes down to price. Yeah. Because you look like everyone else, I call it vanilla marketing, you know, and everything just tastes the same when really you've got like the sprinkles and the flavor. You've got the spice. <laughs> you've got the And I think there is, there's a huge difference between coming across as big headed and coming across as Correct. just shouting about what you are good at. And this there isn't, is a difference. this isn't, you're not, it's not like 
on the playground or, you know, you're chatting to your friends or your family and, you know, I, I play it down. I don't know. I don't know about you, Terry. I don't know if you introduce yourself as a word, a world-class speaker. I know you don't because even this morning we had to pull it out of you. Um, but this is to people who want to book you. And it's like, there where it needs to be. Yeah, it's where it needs to be. And, you know, if people don't know that you've won this award or, you know, you've um, been nationally recognized or, you know, you've, DJ'd in this particular amazing venue, you know, like you said, if there's nothing else to compare you on, you will just be yes. compared on price and you don't mm -hmm. want to be start to be getting compared mm -hmm. on price. You don't want to be there, yeah. I mean, I call this, you know, it's not uh, um, just, you know, just being big headed. I call it authentic brilliance yes. because it's truthful, it's brilliant and you have to market that if you want to be successful. So, you know, stop being British guys out there, you know, promote authentic <laughs> brilliance. Just no, 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 no. That is amazing. And where do you put that, Terry? Is that kind of everywhere? Like, is it saved for your bios on your website? Or is it, you know, is this... Great, great, great question. So um, let's, let's think about where, you, you know, our, our listeners, ideal brides and grooms, where they're going to find us is going to be online. Mm -hmm. More often than not, yeah, Facebook and the social media is massive. Right, but um, um, your website, where is it? It's got to be above the fold on your website. That's where it has to be. And then just because you mentioned website, I do want to tell people, make sure that your website is mobile optimized because that's where people, yes. people are not getting yeah. their computers out anymore and looking at websites right. Absolutely. and laptops. So it's so important. To, uh, yeah. Just while we get that one in there. But that is, even if people come across you on Facebook or Instagram or you know maybe at a wedding fair, they are still checking out that website, aren't they? 100%, yeah. So your authentic brilliance has to be articulated above the fold on your homepage. And, you know, the other thing as well that I teach my students is treat every single page as your homepage. Mm -hmm. You've got to have all, because someone might come to you via a link from some social media that you put out that is not driving them to your homepage. Uh -huh. So you're... And yeah, yeah, so your authentic brilliance has to, you know, you, they say that uh, um, you, you've got seven seconds to uh, retain Make it a first impression, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, one of the things I want to give to your listeners is um, um, guidance on the, how to make your website, what I call sticky. Your website has to be like, you know, treacle or, or, or toffee. And when you people know, are on to it. The eyeballs, to the eyeballs of the brides and grooms. And if your website is not sticky, believe me, they're clicking away to your competitors and it's likely you will never see them again. Yeah, it's so true. Like, think about it in your day-to-day -day life. Like, if a, like, even if a website's slow to load or, you know, you yeah. don't see... We make judgments so fast, don't we? And so, it's, so it's not often that I stick around, like, if something doesn't... I get work. a little bit frustrated on that. No, it's not working next. <laughs> or even if I, if I don't find the information I need yes. incredibly yes. quickly. And this is probably part of being a social media generation, isn't it? That we now expect things so readily at our fingertips. Um, but that was a really good point that you made there, Terry. Like, I think people think that people are going to find their homepage and that's not necessarily true or they're going to be able to no. find that information and people don't want to look for it. Like, it needs to be... Right. We talk a lot about thinking about the end, the end goal of where you want people to go and getting them on that journey from A to B extremely quickly without having to go via B, C, D and E mm. first because right. yeah. that's where you lose people. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we've got so to, to, to quickly recap, and um, um, because what I want to do, listeners, is, is give you this roadmap as to where we're going, right? Yes. So that you can come along with us. It's a great journey, great view, great scenery along the way, but we know we're okay. So, number one, you've got to have the offer. You've got to adapt and you've got to reinvent yourself. Two, we've got to market ourselves. Marketing has never been easier nor cheaper. So why is it? With all of this, you know, marketing and thousands of people discovering us, why are they not booking us? Yeah. The answer is, remember I said to you, if you were to be giving up bonuses, like marketing department is number two, your number one department is your sales department and you know when i talk to wedding professionals for some reason sales is like a dirty word oh, I don't want yeah to i was gonna it. say this people people don't like it like um but without making sales like you haven't got a business you don't have a business yeah now that i get what they you know i understand the the sentiment the underlying sentiment where they don't want to be seen as salesy and like knocking on the door constantly and bombarding mm-hmm. people no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, pure selling that's done in an authentic way because you have a brilliant product or service that you know is going to solve the problem of your app. It's your duty to put that in front of them in a way that your ideal bride and groom loves. So how do we do that? If, if, if you were to be at one of my um, meetings, Mm-hmm. I almost push my couples away. It's the reverse of selling. One, because it's my style. Um, and two, I never want to press, pressure couples into it. Yes. So, so how do I do it? I, I use um, um, information. And all I do is I take couples on a journey. Now, whether you are a venue, a florist, photographer, wedding celebrant, Number one, if your offer, your number one department is in the top 90 or top 95%, you're outperforming most of the other people that your couple are going to be looking at anyway, right? Yeah. If your marketing is, is authentically brilliant, so you're shining a light on what you do, by the time you come to your meetings with your couples, all you have to do is take them on an emotional, please, please, you know, and this is why, you know, the whole, I don't want to be salesy. Yeah, that's why it doesn't work. You're not selling, even though you are. You're providing information from your heart to the point for me, because I care so much about, uh, you, you know, the psychology of my brides and groups. I know that they're stressing about their wedding. I say to my couples, I guarantee you that you're going to love everything that I do for you or your money back. There's no strings. There's no, there's no small print. If I were to mess up on your wedding, I would want to give you your money back mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but that's just me, you know. And, 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 and so I take people on this emotional journey where I explain to them exactly what's going to happen throughout their wedding journey, throughout the day. And, you know, I carry it and I build on the emotion and I give information and I share with them um, you know, why I might be the right person for them. Yeah, yeah and this is, um, yeah. like you said, all of this emotion. And this, this is, 
like even more critical in what we do and it's a lot of what we would do in the bridal yeah. shop wouldn't yeah, we definitely um, use the emotion to you know make a connection to the sale that's and for That's them to envisage their wedding day and you know right. obviously it is an emotional time in anyone's journey anyway the emotions leading up to a wedding and like you touched on the stress and there's lots of to-do lists and you know to-do lists on your to-do lists um mm -hmm. but as part of that terry thinking about you know what is the problem that you solve and a lot of people in wedding businesses sometimes feel like they don't solve a problem because it's not you know, we're not going, we're not talking about going out and solving world peace or, you know, you know, finding a cure for anything particularly going on in the world, but you're still providing a service that solves a problem to that particular couple, isn't it? And it's really yeah. believing in, in that is in terms of what is it that you do and that dress that you provide or, you know, the entertainment and the music and the dancing that's going to come about from having an amazing DJ and from someone with experience of, you know, a wedding where the music totally fell flat, you know, now, 100% would have spent more money. I, mm. I took, you know, sorry, Terry, the hotel DJ. Like, I was just like, yeah, 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 like, we'll, we'll go with that. And, and now, I suppose this is what you kind of talk to your couples about, isn't it? It's like, how, you, how that actually isn't okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and um, this is, the, this is the, the challenge. So, yeah, although Department 3 is sales, um, you know, it's really your emotional department. So if you replace the word sales with emotion, yeah. uh, you know, then you're going to get over that whole, um, you know, I don't want to be salesy or sleazy or whatever. You're not doing that. All you are doing is providing uh, information that leads your brand. You know, they're, they're clever. They're switched on. They're not just checking you out. They're checking out three, four, five other suppliers. Yeah. And it's how you connect with them on an emotional level, I promise you, which is why they're going to end up hiring you over somebody else. That's why in my own profession, they can choose a DJ 50 quid, mm -hmm. 100 quid, you know, 500 quid. Why are they spending on average one and a half thousand, some of them 2,000 pounds on me, if we are the same? It's because of the emotional journey that I'm taking my couples on and they buy into they're not buying a dj they're not buying a photographer they're not buying a wedding celebrant they're buying the emotional value that that person's going to bring to make their day exciting you know and this you know when you talk it's not even when you talk it's when you listen to the language that your brides and grooms are speaking then you'll be, that, that's when you really understand it because, you know, they're not buying uh, a wedding venue. When you listen to the language, it's, man, we fell in love with the gardens. We fell in love. And, and, and you can just tell from the way that they're talking about their venue or their florist or their photographer, they fall in love with that person. And this is what you want to promote. And it kind of makes sense. It comes full circle. Yeah. Because weddings are all about love. Of course they are, yeah. All about that emotional connection to things. I mean, without that, like... And this is, and this is it. it. There is a lot, a lot of emotions riding on the build-up and actually on the day as well. And it's worth noting that there's more sides to people, isn't there, than just being a couple. Yes. And, and like talking to them on, on the language level and touching on those fear points as to, you know, potentially what they don't want their wedding to be like or... 
you know, etc. It's interesting actually, Terry, that you spoke a lot about information and that you're providing people with information and education. How much yes. now do we see, obviously you said that it, it's, incredibly easy now for everyone to be their own marketer because you know there for people to just pick up a camera and call themselves a photographer etc obviously the um industry can be quite flooded with with new businesses all of the time how much of your own marketing is on education and giving that information to kind of couples about you know the process of getting married or even you know that is a superb, superb question. Um, and if you were a fly on the wall in one of my client meetings, <clears throat> about mm, maybe five, seven minutes, I talk about music. Yet we talk for about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Sometimes up to two. My couple last night, we spoke for two hours. So my meetings um, take place at my home. And, um, you know, I treat my guests like, like friends. From the moment they walk in through the door, they are getting, you know, warmth, you know, from I can me. I can see this anyway, Terry, from yeah. how you are anyway. <laughs> like I said earlier, you've just got this, like, amazing energy. vibe and energy. <laughs> this comes from obviously this is passion right that, that's like loving, loving what you yeah. do yeah, um, yeah yeah absolutely so you know to answer your question not much is taught you know do, do i talk about the actual um um product or service so it's about information about the day it's finding out what they want out of their wedding and then just helping them through information through emotional information on how they can achieve it this is and exactly, I, go on, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I found at the end of my meetings, um, I almost push people away and I say to them, look, please, go and look at other wedding DJs and master of ceremonies. Make sure that the person that you end up using, uh, you've got that connection, you feel that you can trust them. And, and uh, uh, that... that but by pushing people away, by providing them, first of all, with this solution, that's the key thing. You've got to provide people with an emotional solution to their uh, problem. And it is that which they're going to go away and compare you to others. It's yeah. not about, am I going to play some R&B or Afro beats or Jewish music? I wonder how many DJs, I mean, I know I never got a consultation with my DJ. and maybe got. Did you get a consultation with your DJ? No. Oh yeah, I wonder how oh, many emails. It wasn't very. Yeah, I was going to say we got a couple of emails. So, 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 if you are a DJ and you're listening, and you know you are real life brides, mm -hmm. okay, and that was your experience. So, so tell me, you ended up hiring a DJ. How did you make your selection? Uh, for me personally, I think the venue said. Um, we have a, a DJ. Do you want to use them? Sorry, Terry. The same. It was um, a preferred supplier from the venue. I didn't know any other DJs. I didn't know like you can't. I was like, you can't trust anyone nowadays. <laughs> who am I going to go for? <laughs> I know I'll go for who the venue says because they must. Be <laughs> the guy was brilliant at my like, wedding. Couldn't can't fault yeah. him. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was social proof, really, that yeah. you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mine wasn't, no, mine cut out. Are you know, <laughs> one of those ones where you would, like, 
be on the floor dancing, 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 and then he'd play a bit of James Arthur or something afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> there's no build, there's no rapport going on here. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure. I think, sure. you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and this is potentially, you know, um, like you say, we're living social proof, but for those that are listening, um, everybody in everybody's business will know of you know maybe you're a stationer that's maybe or a hairdresser or you know of a supplier that hasn't shown up or the makeup's come off halfway through the day or you know there will be stories out there of of things like that and you know we're using the example of djing today you know hindsight is a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. would i have hired that person again no i wouldn't like no not (laughs) a second chance of it no way jose yeah. yeah. <laughs> and having that, had I had that education and somebody to kind of say that to me prior to the day as to, oh, you know, it is about creating an atmosphere and having a good time and, you know, people having that feel good factor when they leave the wedding and having the dance floor filled and yeah. all this sort of stuff, I probably would have given it a little bit more time. Um, mm. Yeah, like, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this emotional connection, this is something that you know, us as a bridal shop, we would do this. When the brides came to us, yes, they were coming for a dress, but that wasn't what it was about, was it? It was about making that connection, finding out about their wedding. We didn't just chat about dresses. We chatted about anything they were struggling with, anything they needed advice on. We were there more to give them information than to just sell them a product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things that, that I do when I go through my meetings. So yeah, we, we, we talk like seven to seven minutes about music, that I'm with a DJ, what is it? Or how do I then take them on this emotional journey? There's, there's um, seven things that I, uh, if you like, inject into my presentation uh, that, that end up uh, influencing brides and grooms more often than not that I'm the right wedding supplier for them. Um, and I teach this strategy to my students and they've seen amazing results in it as well. Um, so before I share these with your listeners, number one, um, you know, they have to be used uh, ethically, ethically. You know, they, they work, but you know, you must use them for good. Don't use them because you know that they work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number two, I would say that um, you know, before sharing these seven influences with your listeners, that that, um, that they have to be a congruent part of you, or your couples are going to see through you. You know, uh-huh. one of the things that yeah, one of the things that my brides and grooms um, um, say to me really often about halfway through the meeting is, you know, Tan, we can see your passion, you know, for what you do, and that is one of the influences that you have to be able to authentically articulate in order to get booked. You know, for me, eight out of 10 couples hire me at premium prices. And these are both UK and destination brides as well. So what are they? Number one, number one, number one is self-belief. Yes. Mm -hmm. Everything else falls apart if you do not believe in yourself. Because when it comes to quoting, you know, whatever it is you charge, and, 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 and this works, you know, if, even if you are uh, um, at the lower end, because, you know, don't get me wrong, although I'm now premium, I was once at the lower end, and, and um, I know that uh, there are price points for brides 
everywhere along the price curve. Uh -huh. So if well, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you are at the lower end, this will still work for you yeah. as well. But but um, if you are premium or you want to be premium or you know that you're worth more than you're currently getting, you're being price shocked, self-belief is a big thing because when it comes to, you know, quoting your price, um, you know, let us say it's £3,000 and, uh, uh, yeah, it's 3000 all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, of, course, of course it's not all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you don't believe in yourself. I can just tell, you know, when you know, you, when you believe in yourself, you, you will uh, a quote and your couples will hire you. And, you know, here's the thing. This is what I say to my students, that if you're quoting a lot and your brides and grooms are coming back to you saying, oh, you know, you're too expensive a lot, it's gonna, it, sometimes, you, you know, you're not going to convert everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, say, 40, 50, 60, 70% keep saying that you're too expensive and you know that you're charging more the same as everyone else, yeah. it's because you're not articulating your brilliance in the right yeah. way. That's it's, not your, it's not the brides and grooms. It's down to you being able to deliver your message so that they get the extra value. And they will pay for it. So, mm -hmm. number one, first influence of self-belief, believe in yourself. Yeah. Number two is reciprocity. The art, the want to give before you get anything back in return. For me, I know that eight out of ten couples are going to hire me at my premium prices. The two that do not, I still want to give them everything that I have in terms of inf emotional information because I want them to walk away knowing how to put on a better wedding. And I say that truthfully, honestly, sincerely, that that is almost my giving back. And I find that having this um, um, reciprocity mindset where I just want to give to you whether you hire me or not, it, on the other side of it, um, um, couples who do get my passion and my energy and they like what I do and they want me, it's almost like they want to almost pay me back for all of the information that I've given to them. And that's like that psychology thing, isn't it? It's like it is. You give it is. what you want. It it's, it's really interesting that you say this. This is something that, you know, <laughs> we hooked on to quite a, well, yeah. years and years and years ago about this giving and, you know, um, in terms of our marketing and, and we would plug we like, pump so pump. much like, even, even today, you guys will know the amount of stuff that we do, you know, we did a webinar this morning. so much on your website. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but so do you. And that's about what we do. And we genuinely love what we do. And we genuinely, you know, want to get this information out there. So often though, Terry, we would hit rejection at this point while we tell wedding professionals to do this. Why would I want to tell people what I, how, how to do what I do, then I don't have a business, you know? No, um, that is so, so, so wrong. Let, let me uh, um, nip that one in the bud strip first of all, because number one, um, let's say you've got this brilliant way of being a florist, right? Yeah. Share everything about your brilliance, because only a few people can do what you do anyway. And just imagine, you know, you've shared... a a fraction of your brilliance with your bride and group that they have not seen somewhere else. 
they're more likely to hold you in higher esteem to everyone else with the mentality with the mentality that oh i'm not going to reveal what i can do because you know well, well why should i you know you're not you're not hiring me but just imagine think like a bride if you can do this and you're telling me that for free what else can you do when i hire you and your bride will never ever ever know your brilliance unless you share it with them shine it bright let it shine let it shine and if they end up not hiring you reciprocity you've helped someone else mm -hmm. and have that giving mentality and believe me so much more will come back to you it will and that and that's true isn't it and, it and it's also about conveying that i think it goes hand in hand with that education and conveying that value as well like when you when you highlight what it is that you do and actually what goes into the process of um you know perhaps all of the bouquet arrangements and all of the you know the buttonholes and the time sourcing the flowers and you know visiting the growers and all of that sort of thing you are then placing value and shining a light on the value that you provide for their wedding don't you and, and that comes with that education as well it's sometimes you know this age-old question and i know that a lot of the listeners out there will know it's the, the they kind of cringe when they hear the price like oh like this is how much you charge like oh, i could i could knock one of them up myself for such a price and it's about that education isn't it so what quite a lot of what we would do when we were doing this giving would be in education like so we were in the bridal industry, we would do retail, um, wedding dresses, groomswear, etc. Yeah. And we would, you know, educate people on, you know, the necklines for all wedding dresses. All we did was constantly, you know, teaching the brides and grooms, all the sorts of like, information. And like yeah. you said, you know, it could be we were the best bridal shop in the whole of the East Midlands. And yet we did not have a dress that that particular bride was looking for. And, and that comes about, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know... We provided a product if we didn't have that product yeah. that day, but hey ho, like we would still give them every little bit of passion, any help we could. Oh, there's another bridal shop down the road because you just don't know, although that, that bride didn't book with you, whether she's going to recommend you to a friend or or come back to us. You know, do you have another service that they could come back yeah. to you for when they need that? Like, quite often, we would still get them come to us for bridesmaids, wouldn't yes. we? Or, yeah. or you know, their accessories, etc. Now, would they have done that for us if we'd have been like, and quite often, so for example, someone would come in and they would say very early on, this is what I'm looking for. And we would know that we wouldn't have it. Um, mm. do, do we then shut it off at that point? No, we, no like, that's we not how. Exactly the same as if she was buying. Exactly. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, they might, you know, you weren't right for them then, mm -hmm. but another situation might turn up for them where they might come back to you or they may even have a friend where your services would be ideal, of course they're going to recommend you because you were so helpful. And I think as well, Terry, like, people shop around. Like you said, people are shopping around. And this is one of the ways that you stand out in a crowded market. Like, this is all we hear all the time. There are thousands of the DJs out there. There are thousands of the bridal shops, blah, 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 blah. blah. Oh, yeah. Quite often people would come to us, wouldn't they? And, the, and one of the first objections that we would here would be it's the first shop i've been into so i want to go and shop around and, and talk to with the you know with mm -hmm. the bridal shops you know buyers providing a standout service and you know informing and educating and teaching them you know telling them to you know little hacks and tips and tricks to make their appointment better mm -hmm. who stands out 
yes. at the end of the day when they're coming to make that choice. And, and you know, as wedding professionals, I firmly believe that we should be encouraging our brides and grooms to look around as well. It, it's almost like a double-edged sword because they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, and yeah. by you encouraging them, so hang on, why are they? And the reason why I invite my couples to look at other wedding suppliers is because I know my stand, I believe self-belief. I know what I've shared with them, very few of my competitors are going to offer that. And so it actually helps me because when my couples go to my competitors and they see that what I've given them is so much better, it helps them discover where that price difference is. And I think people will be able to relate to that who are listening, Terry, like those people that you know may question your price or may question your worth at the beginning. There will be examples of people listening that they've it's, had those clients come back um, further down the line, haven't they? They will, they will because it's not for you to uh, uh, convince the bride and groom of your worth. It's for them to do that themselves. They can put the, you know, they can join the dots together. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Okay, so that leads us on to our next point nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Which is point number three is this passion for what you do. I am super passionate about what, that's why I'm in the industry. I gave up my city job because I was going from, you know, the first of the month to the end of the month. And I was looking for the paycheck to drop into my account. And I was hating the working days in between, literally hating. And I just needed to escape from the city. And when I got to that point, I thought to myself, I only want to make money. I want to make a living out of something that I love doing because I'm going to be investing a lot of my life into it a lot of my time is going to go into my and so honestly now i don't work i don't work because i just love what i do and when you have that genuine passion for your craft couples will buy into it this is something you can fake you know and, and early on when i said to you that yeah you know don't use these influences for bad and they have to be authentic mm -hmm. You can't fake that, you know, it has to be true. It's got to be a congruent part of you. Love what you do, have a passion for what you do. The fourth one is expertise. It's one of the happiest days of your company's life. They don't want a novice in charge of, you know, they don't want, yeah, we all have to start somewhere. I get that. But, um, you know, once you've been in business, don't just, you know, become a, a celebrant or a venue or a florist or a photographer, whatever, videographer. Be an expert in your field. Give your prize and grooms the very best. You want them. My, my friend Tony Winyard has this um, um, a saying, exceeding expectations. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to do for our prize and grooms. We've got to exceed expectations every single time and i think you know even in this industry even more so like the 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 term bride zilla gets coined knocked about quite a lot doesn't it and kind of people have um but <laughs> but people do they place a lot of weight on their wedding day don't they they've been building up to this what other time in your life are you building up to something for kind of this length of time for you know on average 18 months um you know people do have very high expectations and like you say um they should do. They absolutely should do. It's probably the worst they thing. Do. Yeah, they, 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 
And what it is, you know, the reason why, you know, I can honestly say to you that I do not get bridezillas. I don't. Because of the reciprocity that I give, I give, I give. I, I, you know, I don't talk music. I talk about every aspect of their day. Yes. Because I know that's one of the biggest stresses. And, and um, by sharing your expertise, listeners out there, you know, you might think that you're a florist, you're, you know, and, and you are a part of the bride's puzzle. But if you're the person that puts all the pieces together, information-wise, so that your bride can actually understand this crazy wedding mind map that she's, she's a sort of blanks. That's why you've got bridezillas. And this is, this is, I think, what we forget as wedding professionals, you know, we do this day in, day out, don't we? And, yeah. you know... Ever, some days people's jobs are you know can be a bit tedious and some days we can't love it and have a hundred percent passion and energy every single day of the week however you've got to put your game face on you've got to put your you know this is somebody's special day isn't yeah. it and they always look at it like that that this is the most probably the most money they're going to spend on one particular day the most time that they're going to spend building that up and you know you do have to give them that 100%. It's for sure. almost like you have to be as passionate about their wedding as they are. because You do 100% you do. And that segues beautifully into the fifth uh, influencer. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, there are things in the industry that are contentious, like awards are contentious, you know, it's like love it or hate it. And we, you, know, you know, this one that I'm going to share with you is also um, a bone of contention, and I understand why. Um, and I want to break that down as well. Um, and it's offering a money-back guarantee. Mm-hmm. So I can hear people like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and I get that. Why do I do it? it you know, for me, I, I can remember I did a bit of talk. And um, someone in the audience said to me, oh, man, that makes me look desperate. And now we spoke about you know, that, that person eventually became one of my best one-to-one clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and, and um, uh, you know, early on I said that I looked to some of my favourite corporations for guidance as to yeah. what to do. I don't look at what other wedding professionals do, because um, we do make mistakes. I make mistakes, you know, I'll be honest with you. But, you know, one of my favourite companies is Apple. I know that if I were to take, if I bought a brand new iPhone, it was faulty. Yeah. Apple is so passionate about making sure that my customer buyer experience is superb, they're going to replace it. Of course. And, 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 and from my viewpoint, it's, it, it's um, you know, I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, congruently within me, if I were responsible for screwing up your wedding, please, I want to do everything. And one of the things, the minimum, is to give you your money back, number one. Number two, it's about providing a difference between myself and other suppliers. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm the only one who is passionate enough to articulate this money back guarantee and uh, my competitors don't even mention one, well, you know, brides see that difference. Um, so why is it a bone of content? Well, rather, how can you, first of all, offer a money back guarantee? Because I can tell you that when I started in business, there was not a chance on earth I would, in fact, when I put it out in 2011, I thought, mm-hmm. hey man, are you crazy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, no. 
<laughs> yes, I am crazy. I am. <laughs> but I was getting to the point where my couples were just saying the most amazing things. Like, well, I knew that you know my couples are not going. If anything, they're going to be saying, "I'll tell you, you were amazing," and you know all the rest of it. Self belief. You've got to have self belief in your product or your service, or or don't offer a money back guarantee. So the money back guarantee, I want to make it absolutely clear, listeners, is not for everyone. Yeah. But it could be something that you could aspire to. Um, so how can you do it? You have to believe in yourself. And then you have to um, have others believe in you as well. And that belief comes from the quality of your testimonials. What do I mean by that? So back in the day, I would get uh, a, a testimonials in the form of a pre-printed thank you card. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And honestly, they are lovely, but we've got to put them into context as to the quality of them. I used to get a picture of the bride and groom, you know, on their, on, on, on their wedding day, happy, smiley, beautiful oh, background. Yeah, Inside, yeah, you open it up and it's got pre-printed words of, you know, thank you for, you know, whatever. And there might be a little personalization. Uh -huh. like, yeah, we know the ones you mean. You know the ones I mean. Okay, great. Um, you don't want those. You do not want those. You want what I call uh, a, a movie-monial. You want testimonial. Like emotional. There you go. We're learning. What We're is learning. a movie-monial? <laughs> it's a word that I made up. <laughs> so I need to give you the definition. It, 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 it's an expression of thanks that's written with empathy from the heart. Yeah. It's a unique expression of thanks that they could not send to any other supplier because of the unique brilliance that you delivered at their wedding. Movie monial. That's what you want. And 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 when you start getting movie monials, that's when you know that you are, to coin Tony Winyard's phrase, exceeding expectations mm. and it's when you get movie monials it is that which gives you the confidence to deliver or to offer a money-back guarantee does that kind of make sense how hard do you find it to get people to leave you with a review it's like we, i got asked this the other day actually in terms of do you have system inside of your business in terms of how to collect those reviews or are you offering such an absolutely amazing service I still, I'm, I still imagine that they need prompting, surely. People's lives, are, people's lives are busy. Yeah, um, yes and no. So, so um, on the yes side, if you are short of, of testimonials, yeah. then um, you do need to prompt uh, you know, a reaction from the bride and groom. But I would say this to you, that when you uh, exceed expectations, yeah. Testimonials happen organically. Okay. okay. Boys and grooms, yay. You're bright, you, you want to uh, uh, deliver with such passion, with such energy. You want to do so much more for your couple that one of the first things that they do when the wedding magic settles 
is right back to Roxy and to Katie. So thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. Like it's got to be in the forefront of their minds because she has to be. Yeah, because yeah. because because here's the thing. I can remember back in the day when I used to prompt a couple to give me a testimonial. Yeah. Oh, you know, I would write something like, oh, you know, um, um, Sue and John, it was great being in front of you. You know, would you write me a testimonial? And I found that those testimonials were wooden. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, if, if you ask for a testimonial, you know, and, and, and listeners test this, look at the language that couples used when you ask for a testimonial. I bet you it's wooden. I bet you that there's not that much emotion inside. And if they're using words like, you know, thank you, um, you know, I'd highly recommend, or you know, words like that, um, then it's lacking uh, a, a real um, um, emotion. Like influencer to get others to think, oh, well, that is something beautiful. All right, so it's probably a good idea if I give you an example of what I mean yes. by a, uh, a, a movie moaning. So I'm I just love that going. name as well. <laughs> it is brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm doing, so excuse the slight delay, listeners. I'm, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm opening up uh, the presentation that I use for my couples. And um, I'm going to read out a movie moaning that I received. So this, this message came to me from um, a couple called Charlotte and James. They got married at Gaines Park, one of my favourite venues. And Charlotte wrote this movie monial to me from the departure lounge of Gatwick Airport before boarding her flight to Mexico for her honeymoon. Wow. So can, can, can you see that, that, that uh, you know, this is something that was almost... Uh, um, she felt compelled to write to you. Yeah, like she had to do yeah. it, although this bride actually exactly. just got married, had a thousand other things to be thinking about, but no, she took exactly. the time. Exactly. And, 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 and listeners, this is what you want. You know, you want to give so much that your couples feel compelled mm -hmm. to write to you. Right, here we go. Here's me here's moment. She said, Dear Terry, where to begin? Thank you so much for everything on our wedding day. Skill, talent, charisma, humor, fun, and genuine care. Your effortless charm and personal touches didn't go unnoticed by us and our guests. So many of them asked if we actually knew each other before the wedding. And if you were a guest, due to your warmth and friendliness and how clear that it was more than just a job to you. We love the way that you went around to every table and put all of our guests at ease and broke the ice for tables who may not have known each other. It's a credit to you how many selfies we've been sent of you and guests who are now desperate to book you for their future weddings. The bouquet game was hilarious and we love seeing so many of our guests roaring with laughter and pointing at each other and reading the pearls of wisdom the next morning was both very amusing and emotional depending on the guest. We love the way you integrated everything so seamlessly and really helped make our wedding run so smoothly and stay stress-free. The music itself was simply perfect, chosen so cleverly for every part of the day. From meeting you for the first time at the wedding fair, visiting your home for our initial meeting, talking through every step before the wedding to the actual day, you have just been incredible and we will be forever grateful for how special you made our wedding journey. Thank you doesn't seem enough, but thank you. Take care and please keep in touch. Charlotte and Jane Speed. Now, you know, when I get these types of messages that come through to me, 
it, it, it's like I've done my job. You, you can know, really not... hear and feel the raw emotion exactly. of her yeah. day and that you had exactly. such a huge impact on exactly. that. Exactly. And this is what I'm talking about, you know, the difference from when I started out where I would get the pre-printed thank you card, which would great, I appreciate those, to having something custom written to you. And listeners, this is what you want to aim for. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have this, um, that actually, this actually segues into the next point of social proof. Yes. You know, and this is where you don't want testimonials on your website. No, no, no. You want pure, 100% movie-monials, right? And the final influencer is is that of scarcity. So at the end of my meetings, um, I have this wrap-up where I outline what the next steps will be and I email it to them. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them is letting them know that I take bookings on a well, well, it's, it, it's true um, that I turn away about 50% of the inquiries that I get each year. Okay. And so I use that scarcity uh, to my couples, um, not so much as, uh, you know, buy, hurry to buy me now, but it's yeah. truthful, it is honest. That I'm not going to keep the day open while you go off for, you know, if you think I'm going to be available in a month, you are going to take 29 days before you come back to me. Yeah. If you think that my availability is going to go with the next couple that I meet, you know, you're going to act quicker. And so you need to use scarcity, um, um, not uh, as a pressure tactic, but if it's true in your business, use it truthfully and use it in an authentic way. That's it. And quite a lot of what we spoke around today is around the emotion and being passionate about what you do because if you are loving what you do, genuinely loving it, this will come across to every single couple that you ever meet. And if you <clears> really <throat> want to help people, which you, which you should do if you are in the wedding industry because that's what it's about, yes. um, people are more than likely than not going to make a connection with you. I think that's, that's right. so important. That's right. That's right. And, and, and when it comes to, um, remember the um, um, three most important departments. So we had your offer, we had marketing, and we had, you know, the emotional selling. Yeah. Yes. These seven influencers have to just ooze through every single part of whether you present or if you email or if you yeah. call, if you face to face meet. And, and it's, it, it's, it's not just about, you know, one thing. It's a whole, do you remember when I spoke earlier about having individual yes, cogs? Can you see, if you were to translate these seven influences into cogs, how each one uh, integrates and moves one another? The same way, all, mm-hmm, it's like getting into your car, your dream car, you <laughs> turn the engine, eight out of 10 brides are gonna wanna ride with you at the end. Oh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. So, um, where can people find out a little bit more about you? And I know you have got um, a book that you've written, so can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, great. So if people want to discover more about my, my training, they go to my website, which is www. And this is a bit of a mouthful, a bit of a tongue twister as well. It's www.weddingmarketingmastery.co.uk. If I were to rebrand, I'd definitely have something. <laughs> okay. Um, so what we'll do, Terry, we will put it in the show notes. 
We'll put it in, in the show notes for guys so um, they can get a hold of that a bit easier. Don't worry, our twizzing email address is, <laughs> as we got told earlier on a call, is the longest email ever. We was like, yeah, well, we don't get spammed because by the time everyone's got to a wedding, they've, they can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, and, and the book is, it, it's called 12 Habits of Successfully Booked Up. I'm holding the book right now. Oh, bless you. Yeah. And that's available on Amazon. But if you buy it from our website, yeah. um, I will personalise a, a message nice. to you. So from what we've kind of spoken about today, and I, and I think I've heard um, um, Katie's had, had all of your books, but I've not read it. Is there something there about it's almost like you're dating your couples? Did, did, have I got this right? Or is this something that I've literally yeah. like, made up in my head? Absolutely, absolutely. And... Um, I think that's, um, you know, towards the end of the book, so it might be, you know, habit 10, 11 or 12. I can't remember which one it is, mm-hmm. but in short, actually it is because it's, I have this process, you know, what I took your, you through and your listeners through yeah. is something that I call meetings that convert. So it's that whole like cog that integrate, that whole engine process is a meeting that ends up converting. And, and part of it is about, um, literally dating your couples so there's a process to the to the dating process so you know how how does it work um you've got you've got the pre-meeting which is almost like your first date mm-hmm. you know can you imagine going on to your first date and then just just talking about yourself from the beginning to the end no 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 you'll be like you know you'll be tied oh, off oh. <laughs> You know, you're just not going to get anywhere. So um, it is a dating process where they want to end up literally marrying you. So so how does it work? You've got the pre-meeting phase, which is what I actually term as as, uh, uncorking the fizz. So imagine, yeah, you know, you've got to your first date and your bride and groom will be fizzing with so much excitement about their wedding. They've got all these ideas and plans about if you're a florist about, you know, the arranging, or if you're a celebrant about how the actual wedding's going to unfold, or if you're a photographer, you know, whether they want, like, you know, reportage, or, you know, whether they want staged, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so let them uncork their fizz. Allow them to offload all of their ideas for you. And the way that you do that is by asking leading questions and then just shutting up. You, yeah, you use your two ears and you listen, but you don't listen, you know, to react. You become an active listener. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? You know, um, imagine you're you know, in a discussion with someone and someone says something and then you instantly jump on that particular uh, comment or phrase that they, and you react to that you're not really listening to find out what they want to express to you. Yes. So we need to become active listeners. And so we ask the question, we let them uncork the fizz. So, you know, all of the champagne bubbles are out. There's nothing left at the bottom of the bottle. And then you then either react to what they've said or you then ask another leading question. And I find that by using this technique, um, my couples are able to um, tell me exactly what they want 
And, you know, it's done for two reasons, you know. It's not about, it doesn't then become about me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. It's about them. Because your couples, they love talking about themselves and about their wedding. Oh, don't they? Like, that, that is yeah. not what they're saying in the wedding industry is that, you know, obviously brides and grooms, they love talking about their wedding because it's their, one of the biggest days of their lives. And we should be there to listen and actually not just pretend to listen and then say what you need to say, actually literally listen take it in and then take it from there see whether you can help with anything or stuff like that rather than it being about your product as such or your service absolutely right and 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 by becoming active listeners during that pre-meeting phase your brides and grooms are going to tell you exactly what they want you know to the point that you'll be able to um um use their language later on when you come to articulate your message about yeah. how you can help them. And so you become an active listener, mm -hmm. you remember what they've said, and then you can uh, customize your reactions later on when you come to showcase your product or service using the language that, they, that they've used to you. And so, so, so what do I mean by that? You know, let us say, for example, that you're, you know, let's come back to um, 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 photography. And during the pre-meeting phase, your bride has made it absolutely clear that she doesn't want a camera in her face. Mm -hmm. So during your part, when you showcase, you can say, well, so we've got these telephoto lenses. Apologies again for the lack of, you know, my, my photography. But, you know, you get what I mean. Where we're able to be some distance from you, we can do all the zooming in. But you won't even notice us being there. And so you're using their language to help you later on. But you'll never know that if you don't actively listen during the pre-meeting phase. You know, you won't. So we uncork the fizz. The next phase in our dating process is, you know, so imagine, I don't know, you're on a dating site, you found your match, you know, and you think, yeah, I'm attracted to this person. The reason that you're meeting is to find out more about them. You know, are they really, you know, potentially husband or wife material, you know, or same-sex material, you know. Um, and, and so what we want to do at the next phase is create this platform of confidence, as I like to call it. So um, what does that mean? Well... Your bride and groom are checking you out, just like on a date. You know, yeah, they are, checking yeah. you out. You know, checking out your dresses, everything about you. You know, you know, are they going to fit in with my friends and the family? Is this the one? That's the question. And the only way that they're going to answer that question is if you build a platform of confidence from where they are right now mm -hmm. at the early part of the meeting. You need to build that so they can walk over that platform of confidence to get you to the next stage. So how do you create a platform of confidence? Well, the, the best way is by having other people tell them how brilliant you are. Yeah. Because, you know, if we're together at a, at a, a client meeting and, you know, I keep saying, you know, oh, I'm this, I'm that, it's oh, boring, boring, boring. Mm -hmm. But if you've got this social, like the movie Monial, that I, I read out to, that's yes. someone else telling their wedding experience, you know, raw from the heart. That's mm -hmm. going to mean so much more. So we need to build platforms of confidence to get people into the next stage. 
Um, next, and only once you've built the platform of confidence, should you then start talking about your offer. That's when you reveal what you can do. Because if you go straight into the meeting saying, I'm a fantastic wedding celebrant, and, but you haven't allowed them to uncork the fears and tell you what they want, they don't really think, you know, there's nothing to tell them that you are brilliant. You've kind of missed out crucial steps. And that is one of the reasons why couples think, oh, you know, we're, we're keeping, you know, thank you, you know, we're, we keep on um, looking around. So only after you've, you've done that should you then reveal your offer. Um, and then the next step is, you know, once you've articulated your brilliance in, mm-hmm. through emotional education, that's the key. Um, that's the point when you should then reveal your prices. Yeah. Never before. Never before, no. It can't yeah, just be about never, the price. Ever, as soon as... If you started it with the price, they would be put off instantly. Like we've we've probably all all been there and made made mistakes. Like you saying earlier, everybody's made mistakes and we all learn. But that should be kind of one of the one of the last things you do. In fact, on when we had the bridal shop, um, we actually made a point. We would very rarely put even put our prices out there until we had built built the platforms and the, the the relationships to then you know to put our prices kind of across. Absolutely. And, and I would say to um, wedding professionals, um, to those kind of at mid to premium mm-hmm. in, in prices, if you are at the low end, then yes, put your prices on there. All right? But if you are at mid to premium, then you have to articulate your extra value first. Otherwise, your couples are just going to price shock you. It's going to happen. And, um, you know, within my own business, I can, I can tell you this, that when I quote without meeting, yeah. eight out of 10 people are too expensive. Mm-hmm. When I meet and then quote, it's reversed about eight out of every 10 That's people. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not only um, them, them booking me, it's, it's the language that they use. Let me just jump into uh, another bit of my training that I share with um, my students. Um, and it's, it's the reactions. Here we go, meeting reactions. All right. Um, let's do this one. Yeah, so <laughs> I've actually got two. I wish you could see my screen. So here's, and, and, uh, every now and again, every now and again, I would get couples who say, Terry, we just want a price. And so I, I just give them, more often than not, I've got a price deflector yeah. that kind of funnels them off that price question into the meeting. Yes. But sometimes I just can't be, I shouldn't say that, I just can't be asking, I've got so much work going on. Yeah, okay. just like, oh, whatever, I'll just pick it <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost just prove a point to myself. So um, this couple asked for a price, I gave them a price, and, and this is, you know, verbatim. Hi, Terry, thanks so much for the time. Uh, no, no, that's not the one. Uh, oh, it's not here, where is it? These are all the positive ones, which I don't oh, want to say. Oh, we don't want to hear the positive ones. <laughs> <laughs> the one where they're like, say yeah, how yeah. much? 
but in short, you know, they said something like, hi, Terry, thanks so much, but you're just outside of our class. Yeah. Right. All right. And, and here's one from um, last week's meeting. It says, hi, Terry, thanks so much for your time and, and amazing advice. Andy and I knew straight away that we wanted to go with you. We cannot wait to make our day absolutely amazing and we have full trust in you. And that just goes to show the difference that when you do take them through the emotional journey, through yes. offering information, that they're not just saying we want you, that we trust you, we can't. And this is the language that we need to have. Listeners, that's what you want to be looking for in the yes. reactions that you get. That's when you know that your three departments that I spoke about earlier form cogs that integrate that become the engine that's why you're in the rooms i got to want to ride with you with <laughs> the roof down <laughs> it's so important and i kind of um i want the listeners you know and people in our community to know we understand that everybody has to start somewhere and if you if you yeah. aren't doing things like this there's nothing wrong with that um and there is no better time to you know start changing the way that you are talking to people and you are you know putting your uh, passion across you can stop there anytime do everything oh you know i can't i can't start doing this now because i haven't done it before there's always time to make changes and to kind of uh, push yourself to be better than kind of what what you're currently doing yeah absolutely right um and and it you know for People, it happens at different points. Um, and to be honest, that, uh, you know, for me, I didn't change until the pain of staying where I was became too great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now I live in this amazing house. It is a dream home. But I remember before, in, in my early career, um, Roxy, you know, when I was being underpaid and undervalued and not knowing how to articulate my value, you know, I was overworking. And I remember it forced me to make personal sacrifices. For yeah. example, you know, it, was, it was my daughter's 16th birthday and I couldn't attend her, her birthday because we were so, so, so tight on money mm -hmm. that this job, 185, you know, I can't believe I traded not that's attending. That's yeah, for that. But it was because of those financial pressures. And, uh, you know, when you uh, are underpriced and, and undervalued by your clients, it then has these other effects um, in your personal life. And um, actually, you know, um, something that I do, that I promised um, um, to share with your um, listeners was... Um, the three zones, you know, I've got all of these different sayings and things, but this is something that I want to um, give to your, to your audience. Yeah. Because it will help them. So, <clears throat> I want to say that, yes, I'm about us charging our worth, but it becomes so much more than that. And, you know, you'll get this by the time I, I conclude this section. So, um, I think last time we spoke, <laughs> I got you to imagine that uh, you had a circle and then you drew the Mercedes logo in the, in, yes, in the middle. Yes, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are listening um, and you're not driving, you know, you are stationed, just grab a piece of grab paper. Grab a pen and paper grab and stick with paper. us. 
And I'm, I'm doing this as well with you so that I can hopefully talk you through it. So draw a circle. Then I want you to draw, um, you know, the best part of the Mercedes logo. In other words, you're splitting your circle into three. Here we go. Right. So you've got a line down the middle, and then you've got two lines going off. Your legs coming off. You've got two legs coming off, right. So in the top right-hand segment, I want you to write Thrive Zone 1. Thrive Zone 1, and I'm doing this as well. Thrive Zone Okay. In Thrive Zone 1, this is where you have the three most important departments, which to recap are your offer, yeah, your innovation or the adaptation. So I want you to write um, um, offer, all right? And then underneath that, we've got the second most important department, which is marketing. Marketing, have been listening. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the third one, which is your sales. Emotional. Or like the emotional information. I like the emotional information um, yeah. phrase better because, it, like you said, sales can sometimes seem a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what we do, you know, we're not selling. We're providing emotional information that leads your bride and groom ultimately yes. to making the conclusion that yeah. you are the right person for them. So emotional information. All right. Here's the golden thought. As the marketing, as the innovation or the offer director, and as a sales or the emotional information director, yep. it is your duty, it's your responsibility to spend at least 51% of your working day in Thrive Zone 1. Okay. If you want to grow your wedding business. Because remember, they're the only three departments that are going to bring more income mm -hmm. or bookings into your wedding business. At least 51%. It's not 51%, it is at least 51%. 51 or more. Or more, that's right. Okay. So in the next, if you go, if you go around clock, clockwise, if you go into the, to the next segment, I want you to write in there, labour, L-A-B-O-U-R, zoned two. Labour, zone all right, so what happens here? This is where we've got all the office work. We've got managing staff if you have a team. It's, it's, it's your catering, you know, if you're a, a venue. Um, it's ordering stock. You know, if you're like me, I'm the only person in my business. Well, I've got the support of my partner, uh, uh, Julie, who, who she helps out as well. But, yeah. you know, you're also the office cleaner. You know, you're everything. You are, you are everything. And Thrive Zone 2 incorporates everything to run in your wedding business outside. So, sorry, Labour Zone 2 incorporates everything to do with, with the running of your wedding business outside of Thrive Zone 1. Yeah. So if you're driving somewhere, that's a Labour Zone 2 activity. Now, I call Labour Zone 2 the glue to running your wedding business because you cannot function without it. Of course you can't, no. It's impossible. But the thing is that um, although Labour Zone 2 is important work, yep. as entrepreneurs, we have to avoid spending too much time in Labour Zone 2. 
Because otherwise it becomes, you know, how can I put this? Some of our um, um, uh, uh, listeners would run their day by a to-do list. You know, yes. they wake up and they write down, got to do this, got to do this. Analyze your to-do list and think how many items on that to-do list are actually la labor zone two and how many are thrive zone one. And if you find that most of your to-do list is labor zone two, you are not going to grow your wedding business. It's not possible. I know what I'm doing after this. I'm going to go and look at all my yeah. lists and notebooks. I've got hundreds of them under that. Let's just weigh it all up. <laughs> I know lots do, of people can relate to me as well. I, like, who else is a list writer out there? Because I used to do that, you know, and, and um, it wasn't until I got that bird's eye view and I thought, man, this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's the thing, that um, if you do have lots of labor zone two activities to do, this is how you prioritize your list. You want to make sure that before you touch a labor zone two activity, yeah. that you complete your Thrive Zone one activities. I love these little um Yeah, yeah. And, and so and so you know one of the people that I follow and I recommend Lisa uh, listeners that you follow this guy as well. His name is Brendan Burchard, he's an American entrepreneur, a phenomenal brain. I wish I had this guy's intellect. And um, this is one of the things that he taught me. So, you know, this isn't mine. I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, and Brendan Burchard has um, something, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find it and I'm going to share it with you. Yeah, yeah. After. If, if you send me the links, I can pop them in the notes, in the show notes. And then, and then listeners, you'll be able to, you know, download and grow your business this way. But he teaches, he teaches that, um, you know, when we wake up, um, one of the first things that a lot of us do is we reach for our mobile telephones and we're on Facebook. And before we know it, we're into a conversation. Before we know it, you know, we're just, but, but it's not even the business. Yeah. Okay. The business side. Yes. 100% because that's growing the business. But if you're on the social side of it, mm -hmm. you're just killing valuable time. And especially if it's the prime time of the day, uh, um, you're diminishing your wedding business, you're not growing it. Um, another example is email. So let us say it's, you know, whenever you wake up, you know, I normally wake up between five and seven, but let's say I wake up at six o'clock and the first thing I do is I open up email yeah. and there's a message there's a zone two message in there or there's a personal message in there from the mates you know are we going off on a yeah. holiday or you, you, you party over the weekend there's a message outside of zone one is what i'm saying let us then say that you react to it what you're doing is you are um, um, reacting to somebody else's priority that's what you're doing you are reacting to somebody else's priority. And if you're reacting to somebody else's priority, you're going off on a thread, you're outside of Thrive Zone 1, you get to the end of the day and you think, where did the day go? I had so much to do and I haven't got it done. And if you're honest and you're truthful uh, with yourself, and you realize it's because you've been working on other people's priorities before working on your number one priority, which is what? Thrive Zone One? 
Yeah, that's why, that's why it's not. Just that's making, why I'm just it's like, a... I was just like, can't even talk right now because I'm like, cocks are turning in my brain, Terry. I'm like, yeah, it's, me. it's almost like you're working on their thrives. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so stop working on other people's priorities and work on your own. I'm not saying that you shouldn't react, you, you know, you should. What, what Brendan teaches, which I apply to my business, is you open up your inboxes because what you're looking for are um, the, the zone one activities. So you might have inquiries, you yes. might have reactions to meetings. You want to jump on those at Thrive Zone One activities. But the Labour Zone Two activities, you push them down. Push them down. Exactly your agenda. Prioritise those. Do that, do that. Um, and so the third um, and one, what I want you to do is go over to the final segment. And in yep. there, I want you to write lifestyle. I'm doing this as well. Zone three. I'm there. This is so important. So what do you write in there? So I want you to write, first of all, your social life. What's one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Your social life. I know you have one, Roxy. Oh, I do, I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one as well. So your social life. So what goes under that so you know that that's your relationship with your partner if you if, if you're in a relationship it's your um, um social life with your friends with your family yeah it's um, you know having the time and the income to be able to say yeah when we go to that barbecue or on a holiday or go to the theater or off to the park to the fair whatever those fun things in life that we deserve to enjoy of course um and, and uh, all right, let, let me share this with you as well, because one of the most important things in our lives is our relationships, not only with our family and our friends, but our partner, you know, our most intimate you know, yeah. friend, really. And um, I want to share this because, you know, I'm divorced and, uh, you know, I've had all those bad experiences, but now there's something that I apply to my relationship that keeps us together. Okay. Um, and again, I wish it was Terry Lewis's brilliance. It is not. You know, this came from a couple. We're in the business of love, right? And I was lucky enough to host a wedding for a couple. They were Americans who flew over to Bruges for their wedding. Okay. And they found me online. You know, we, we, we went through the, uh, you know, the whole process. And they thought I was the one for them. So the wedding happened and... Uh, after we go up to this art, arts building that overlooks the city of Bruges. Yeah. And I get talking to this elderly couple, Laurie and Dave. Aww. In their 80s. They, you know, they're in their 80s. And, uh, you know, after some small talk, you know, I find out that Dave is, is going to be celebrating his uh, 83rd birthday on the 3rd of December. And I said, how long have you two been married? And um, uh, Laurie, the wife, said that on the 3rd of December, we'll be celebrating, I think it was their 58th wedding anniversary. I know. And, you know, coming from, you know, like, you know, I've had my relationships in the past. It was like, wow. You know, for me, I 100%, I learn from people who have walked the walk. Yes, you know, that's exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, how, you. How are you justifying what you know? <laughs> 
exactly. You haven't achieved it in your life, then please, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, my next question was, how? Oh, how have you done? Give me that? the secret. And and you, you know, I promise you, you know, if if you were with me, you would have been on this top floor viewing deck. Oh, looking bruised, you've got the canals and people on their bikes riding, it's all red brick, you know. Yeah. And and all of that just like faded away. I kid you not, it was like I was in some type of dream. Is it, am all, I dreaming right now? All, <laughs> all that was there was Laurie and Dave. Yeah. And, and, and this is what Dave said to me. He said to me, Terry, he said to me, um, um, open open an account with your partner, but not a bank account. I'm talking about an emotional account. Mm -hmm. He said, when you wake up every day, find out what your partner wants. Yes. And then do it. And your partner does the same for you. And if at the end of the day, you, you've both done that, you, you've added another unit of credit into your emotional bank accounts. And as the days and the weeks and the months and the years go by, your emotional bank, bank account keeps going up into credit. But every time you have an argument or you do something that annoys your partner, you're effectively taking out one of those Why? units of credit. Exactly. And, you know, when he put it in that simple language, a simple terms, I thought, this is what I need to apply into my life. And, you know, I want to share that with your readers because having uh, a successful life, the reason, yeah, okay. We're wedding professionals because we love what we do. That's right. All right. But we mustn't allow our passion for work. No, we mustn't allow the drive for money alone to diminish our lifestyle zone too. Because this is when relationships start to break down mm. and we end up with relationship problems. It's so important. So I kind of speak from experience. Um, I have gone from full-time employment working for Katie in her bridal shop and then obviously we started Twizzing and then I became self-employed business owner. Very, very easy to let work take over in the evenings and, you, you know, you miss out or, you, or even like you choose to miss out on things because you think work's more important than family. But I, I have al already learned and I will not sacrifice like family things or doing things with my husband when their kids are away because it's, if you've not got that foundation, what's the point? Exactly. And, Happiness and is not money. Well, for me, it's not anyway. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, you know, I learned from my own experience with my daughter's birthday that never, ever, ever will happen again. Never. You know, I learned a massive lesson then. And you know, I'm just sharing that with, with because there, there might be couples out there, well, couples, there might be professionals out there where uh, Thrive Zone 1 and Labour Zone 2 are just consuming their life. Mm. Don't let that happen. All right, so the next thing in, in, in Labour Zone 3, sorry, Lifestyle Zone 3, write this down, is your health and your well-being. Yeah. You know, are, you, are you taking care of yourself? Are you fueling your body with good... Okay, I like my wine and my, <laughs> and my brownies. But, 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 you know, most of the time, are you fueling your body with good nutrition? Are you exercising regularly? Yeah. I don't mean going to the gym and doing body pump or spin, which I do, you know, yoga. It could just be making sure you get out for a daily walk or you're taking the stairs or, you know, you're, you're exercising. Because if you get to the point in your 
wedding business where you are spending all of your time in uh, zone one, even worse in labor zone two, yeah. to the point that your health is diminishing. You know, this is when we end up with serious problems, heart conditions, mm -hmm. cancer, you know, big illnesses. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we want to make sure that we are planning to spend time in lifestyle zone three. So, recap. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to be spending at least 51% of, 51 of our working day, right? I'm not talking about, you know, mm -hmm our leisure time, our working day in Thrive Zone 1. We want to minimise time in Labour Zone 2. Who wants to do the labour anyway? Like, you know. Who wants to do it? <laughs> Source that stuff. <laughs> but you, you definitely want to plan time in Lifestyle Zone 3. And it is very easy to kind of make these things be a little bit disjointed. Um, I find that if I don't have enough... Um, in the lifestyle zone, it definitely affects my mental health. Like that's the top and bottom of it. Is I know when it, things are getting like out of balance because I feel a sense of over, overwhelm. And that's when I know, right, I'm stopping now. I know I, I need to take a break from this. Yeah. Well, is. Terry, thank you so much for jumping on um, this podcast with us today. Um, I will pop all of Terry's information. We'll put it all in the show notes. So thank you all for listening today. Remember to hit the subscribe button if you want to find, um, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we are doing over on the podcast. Also, you can um, get in touch with us and find out more about what we do on our website, which again, I'll put in the show notes. Thank you for joining us today, Terry. Um, and I'll chat with you soon. Definitely. Take care.